FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 102 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. We're your hosts, Jason and Denise Venable. We need to come up with a name and other than 102. Mm-hmm. We need like snicked two. No, we don't. We get to 200, it's snick snick. Nope, not going to happen. We get to 600, it's snick 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 snick. You think we'll get to snick. 600? Possibly. Twitter vote, will we make it to 600? Say yes, please. <laughs> you really want that? <laughs> well, okay, think that's about a, we, this. That's 12 years at the rate we're going. Oh, it, oh, oh. Oh, sorry, folks. <laughs> we'll see. If there's still enough to talk about, we'll keep going. We'll always. Anyway, here's the deal. About. So, Death the Wolverine was supposed to come out every week in September. Uh huh. Yeah, they did that for two weeks. <laughs> and then they got behind. And then I don't really know when three is going to come out. It's been pushed back twice. Ooh, not and good. It's not in the solicits for the the latest date, so it's going to get pushed back again. Ooh. So, I don't know. So anyway, they kind of threw everything in a tizzy here at the podcast that goes snick because snick, snick. we didn't really have the uh, flashback team ready to go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot to do my well, homework. No, no. It was all three of us. But anyway, so we had nothing to kind of fill in the gap. But we're here for Death of Wolverine Part 2. Part 2. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for all our Canadian friends. I love saying that for Or y'all. just our Paris- Parisians. Is that how you say people from Paris? Yes, a Parisian. A Parisian. A Parisian. Like Cajun. <laughs> Parisian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this makes me think of a Cajun boy or a Cajun man on SNL, Adam Sandler. Oh, he was Cajun man. Cajun, yeah. Let's be <laughs> Hey, don't make fun of my people. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, but here we are. Anyway, we're gonna, <laughs> I don't think that works. <laughs> We're going to cover the death of Wolverine number two and all the other comics that have come out since that have Wolverine in them. As we like to say here on the podcast, it goes nicked. For a dead man, Wolverine sure is busy. That's right. (laughs) Anyway, how about we get to some comics? Let's do it. All right, here we go. I walk these streets with six claws in my hand. I'm trying to keep my adamantium. I'm from Canada. I'm only five feet tall. I've seen a million mutants and I've snicked them all. I'm a cowboy with steel on my insides. I'm wanted. Wanted. Dead or alive. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, it's time for our Death of Wolverine update. Update, update. <laughs> Part two of four. This is... I'm laughing my ass off. <laughs> poison. Oh, we were singing Bon Jovi. We should have sang Poison. Oh. What do uh, they do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, on a something. bed. Not a good time. Yeah, they also do uh, on a bed of roses. What is the poison song where Brett Michaels sings about? Oh, every rose rose has has a thorn, thorn. 
Every rose has its thorn. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got Brett Michaels and Seal mashed up together. Kiss from a grave? Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty much the same. Yeah, totally. Oh, my goodness. Snow just lost his bandana. <laughs> That's the only difference. I think I lost my music card. <laughs> That's okay. All right, well, anyway, Poison, written by Charles Soule. Pencils by Steve McNiven. Inks by Jay Wesson. Listen. Colors by Justin Ponsor. Letters by Chris Eliopoulos. And the cover is by McNiven. Listen. And Ponsor. And I really, 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 really dig this cover. I will say uh, we were having a discussion right before we started the podcast well, let's describe it first, oh. and then we'll get to that. Sorry. Yeah. So we have Spoiler. the Madripoor skyline. Yes. And some kind of green, hazy night sky. With a pair of eyeballs staring yes, at you. Yes, a pair of eyes and eyebrows. They're, they're feminine. They're snakish. They're very evil. Yes. And then down in the street, we have Wolverine in his tuxedo, but he's all ripped up. He's got his claws out, and there's these big chains across the street. See, and I thought the chains, at first glance, were, like, wrapped around his leg. It took me all to realize it's like a chain rope. Yeah. Or a chain fence. Yeah. But anyway, on the physical copy, we have this nice foil embossed cover. It's shiny. On the iPad, it's just always shiny. Yeah. <laughs> when we were discussing the difference. We were, What we liked better. I think there's, there's pros and cons to both. So I was telling Jason, you know, I like to look at the floppies because I like to see how does the ink translate from paper to digital. And I told him that I actually liked his cover because the whole cover has a very greenish, yellowish, muted tone to it. And I thought that that worked really well considering that there's a giant green page that says poison. And so I thought it set the mood. That girl is poison. I felt like it's... Do, 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 do. Isn't that Belle Biv DeVoe? BBD. Oh my goodness. We're just switching genres here all over the place. Yeah, we're not changing years, really. No. <laughs> we're consistent. We're consistently old. Yeah. <laughs> Shh, I'm not old. Hey, I just turned When I was 21. in high school, we did a cadence and drumline that was based off of Belle Biv DeVoe's Poison. And everybody loved it. Of course they did. Yeah. Anyway, I loved it because I thought it lended to the, the title. Yeah. And I said I thought I liked the foil cover in the background more because it actually looked like the city was lit up. Like, it looked like when you see, like, a skyline when it's foggy or there's, like, smog. Right. <laughs> and it kind of has that glow around the buildings, not just the buildings. It kind of, the foil makes it kind of pop like that. And I kind of liked duller wolverine without the foil on the cover but you but you liked the foil because like you said all the title and stuff right yeah. it just it lended to the whole idea of like is wolverine being poisoned ready yeah moving on so i again have inside flaps i again do not these time they're all this these time these, these time, time they are kind of green these the time no uh this time uh, they're all monochromatic green. I, I'd like to point out, it's the same... Panels from issue one. Yes. Yeah, they're it's, just green. It's him 
you see the view from his armpit, and then you see him beat up on his porch, but they're all in green. Then you flip the page, and we have the title page, which is a dark green with bright green words that says poison. Yeah, but you know what? This is probably one of the few times that I like the way the iPad has it over the floppy. Oh, that's a difference. Look at the greens. My poison is is very snaky. It's more 80s on the iPad. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so we're in Madripoor. Wolverine has come to uh, to find the Viper. The Viper. I'm here to vibe your windows. One of my favorite episodes of both G.I. Joe and Animaniacs. Anyway, so there's a guy. He's trying to get in the club. The Princess I'd like to Bar. Point out, which I guess this is the old Princess Bar. It's just more upscale. I'd like to point out that this guy that's trying to get into the club, in one panel, he looks okay. Then in the next panel, he looks like he's half bald with a oh, beard gut. He's got a massive come over. Yeah, with a beard gut. Then he gets like the beard gut magically went away. But he still has the comb over. Then when he's going through the little drapes, it's like he got handsome again. Sure. But anyway, they recognize he has a viper pin on his jacket. Ooh. And so even though he's underdressed and pudgy and has a comb over... He's still on the guest list. Mm. And so he's going to go see George the guy Clooney. he's looking for. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's George Clooney. It's Wolverine with slicked back hair and a beard. And he's got his sunglasses on inside. He has Jean Grey on one side. I don't remember. What's his big blonde fantasy? I don't know. That's but supposed to be Jean Grey? I don't know. It's a redhead. He always oh. is in love with Jean Grey. So. It seriously looks like George Clooney from Ocean's Eleven. No, slap a, a beard? beard. No. Oh. Slap a beard on him after he gets beat up at in the, the casino. Yeah. You got George Clooney. And he's got bandages on his hands and uh, little band-aids on his face or little butterflies or whatever. He's got his bow tie undone. He's got a couple of lovely ladies chilling at the table. He's all cool. He's like, hey, man, have a seat. This is not your bub, Wolverine. This is your your suave, Wolverine. Yeah. This is the hangover yeah. part two, Wolverine. So this guy's name is Koro, and he's a representative of the Viper. And Wolverine's like, well, um, let's, let's see what you got. And so he has an Iron Man helmet. Wonder where he got that from. Uh, probably from Iron Man. And the guy tries it on and to see if it works, and you see it from his perspective. He's Which looking is out in the awesome. crowd, and he's, he sees all these people and all their weapons, and the helmet IDs them all. There's one I thought was particularly interesting. What's the brick? I don't know. See right here. Yeah. Oh, it's in that, but it's in that lady's purse, whatever it is. Maybe oh, it probably is a brick. Like, yeah. don't date rape me. I'll hit <laughs> you with oh. a brick. Oh, yeah. Mystique is in here. That's what I was, yeah. Where? It says, uh, signature recognized Raven Darkholm. Uh, well, I wonder which one she is. I don't know. See, but I don't know if she's a girl or the guy. <laughs> she could be either. Right. Um, I love how there's a woman with pills and that highlights as something dangerous. Iron Man does not want to get roofied. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Koro uh, takes him to see the Viper. And the Viper's like, you idiot, that's Wolverine. <laughs> He's like, what? 
<laughs> what what happened? And he talks about Wolverine talks about their history, how they even were married for a time. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Was he drunk? I don't remember. I'm trying to remember if he was mind controlled or not. I kind of haven't read that story since it came out. Anyway, all uh, Viper's green ninjas, her Mortal Kombat guys, they all attack Wolverine and he takes them out. Finish him. One at a time without really breaking a sweat. No, he, he gouges one of them's eyeballs out. Yeah, pretty brutal. It's I gross. like how some of the panels are like close up of different things. Like you see the glasses break and drop. You see the bag drop. But then the bottom panel is like one action across just split up. Right. And kind of the same thing on the other page. Some of well, the panels are different actions. And the top panel is also yeah. one action. Right. Yeah, Koro splits. Uh, yeah, Wolverine takes them all out. He's like, all right, Viper, let's talk. So Viper says, you're here because I'm the best there is at what I do, Logan. Now, mm. what I do isn't very nice. Uh-oh. Yeah, so she's basically quoting Wolverine back to himself. And she's got a chain, a big chain. Remember we saw the end of last issue. We know what's on the end of this chain. Yeah. It's Slave Girl Sabretooth. Well, and she tells them, you know, if you beat my dog, I'll tell you everything you want to know. Um, but Wolverine wants to know basically who put the hit out on him. If you're not like the big boss, right? who's the big boss? And she says, I'll tell you, just play with puppy. So we get wild Sabretooth. Mangy Sabretooth. Yeah. Can't decide what kind of Sabretooth we want. So just reminding everybody, it could be a clone. No, everybody wants to forget that story. No, it's probably not. <laughs> And she kind of pokes fun at him, like, I think you have a history. Yeah, and Sabretooth says nothing but. Right, and of course, Logan wants to know how did, how is Creed a slave to Viper? Yeah. So Sabretooth got arrested, okay, and then Viper gave him a poison and she has the antidote. So she slowly, every day, gives him the antidote? She gives him the antidote as long as he does what she says. If he's a bad dog, he dies. Right. All I could think of is, and you're going to laugh at me, so if anyone out there remembers Buffy the Vampire Slayer, when Drusilla was going after Angel, she was always like, bad dog, rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she calls Sabretooth her pet monster, but now she has a better game. I want someone to die here, right now. I don't care which. The one who lives gets what they want. Go! Well, she's a little morbid. <clears throat> yeah, so we get like a flashback of various times they've been fighting. Oh, is that what this was? I was a little confused. I was like, when did Wolverine break out the uniform? Oh, he didn't, because he's not in it the next page. But it's a double-page spread. We see Wolverine and Sabretooth fighting each other very violently. Uh, then we got three claws in the middle, and they reflect uh, basically Sabretooth and Wolverine hurt. getting just tore up by each other. And then healing. Then we see one where Wolverine stabs Sabretooth through the bottom of the jaw claws coming out the top of the skull pretty messed up then we go back to real life wolverine who wait a second who's very noticeably absent one scar oh the one on his face yeah from the mall that he's had like in all of these yeah it's gone and the saber teeth goes after this other eye and then wolverine turns on the iron man helmet and says fetch (laughs) it blows up blows up in saber tooth's face maybe wolverine had plastic surgery i don't know he was going back to Magipore. He needed his patch alias. So anyway, Sabretooth says, that's not enough, not for us. And so he jumps at Wolverine and we get a snicked off panel. And I don't think it's Wolverine. 
Nope. I don't remember Lady Deathstrike making a snick sound, but I guess she does. Because here she is, and she uh, tears Sabretooth a new one, literally. I don't like her fingers. Is this how they always do? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. As like American Vampire-ish? Yeah, but she was first. Oh, okay. I don't, she's not the first person to have long, blady fingers, but... Well, no, I guess because in the movie they... They portrayed her fingernails. Yeah, and I told you it was a little different. Right. But But now after seeing it, I kind of want to take my harsh criticism back from the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like her big bony fingers. Anyway, Wolverine calls her off and she's like, why? And Wolverine explains she's been poisoned. He's chained. When it happens, it's not going to happen this way. So she lets him go. And she goes, your weakness has saved you. Go live. And Sabretooth is like, Wolverine, always a big hero, saving my life. He ain't any different from me. Never has been. He just wants to kill me himself. And Wolverine's like, scram. And he does. He listens yep. to Logan. And so also, Viper got away during the fracas. Of course. And Wolverine's like, damn it. You messed it all up. She was going to tell me everything. And uh, Deathstrike says, well, I'm here for you, Logan. And he's like, ah. Of course you are. If anybody was going to kill me, try to kill me, it'd definitely be you. And uh, she's like, no, you don't understand. You're not the only query, which I thought was an interesting little turn. Yeah. So someone is hunting down all the Weapon X related people or all the Weapon. Let's see. Okay. So is it just going to be Weapon X or is it going to be Department H? Is it going to be the Strike Squad? Is it going to be all Weapon Plus? Is someone going to hunt down Captain America too? Deadpool? I don't know. Well, she says anyone like us. But it's definitely her and Wolverine. I kind of took it as all mutants. All mu- no, I don't think it's all mutants. I think it's related to the program in some way. Oh, okay. Or the targets. Anyway, she says she only barely found out about the contract and of the list from another hunter. Very deadly. And she says Ogan. And I know I'm supposed to remember who that is. Well, Wolverine seems to remember. I know what. I think he's from the miniseries that we're about to re- oh. reread again. Anyway, Wolverine's definitely intimidated. And then Deathstrike is like, wait a second. Why are you covering up your eye and why is it not healing? Why didn't you use your claws? What's the matter with you, Logan? Ah, I see. You are defective. You cannot help me. But perhaps I might exchange your life for mine. There is honor in that. Yeah. <laughs> and Wolverine's like, oh, give me a break. And then suddenly, here's Kitty Pride, And she phases her hand right through Lady Deathstrike's boobs. Yeah, I kind of looked like she was trying to feel her up. <laughs> Maybe she was. But basically she says, um, yeah, I wouldn't do that. And next, Japan. And we got some more behind-the-scenes stuff. Pretty cool. Yeah, I don't understand why Kitty put her hand through her chest. Like, is she trying to say, you do anything and I'll rip out your heart? She could, yeah. Or she could make her arm solid and Lady Deathstrike would just die. Really? Are you going to live with an arm through your chest? Through your lungs and your heart? Maybe. I, I mean, if, if if we did it just right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway, so what did you think of the art? Uh, hmm. Really? No, I liked it. There were certain characters I didn't like the way they were drawn, but I won't hold that against the artist over the overall book because oh. it was only one character that I wasn't fond of. Who in the... Coro guy? No, Lady Deathstrike. Oh, I thought she looked great. Uh, maybe because I don't know what she's supposed to look like. Oh, we'll talk about that in a minute, too. But I thought the art was fantastic. I thought the art was great. The Wolverine George Clooney look alike. <laughs> I'll yeah, give I'm it to somebody him. else, but I can't quite place it. 
Oh, I'm thinking of uh, who's the guy from The Hangover? It does not look like Zach Galifianakis. No, the main guy. If you dyed his hair dark brown, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. If you dyed his hair dark brown and gave him a beard and mustache. Anyway, that thought was great. What do you think of the story? Oh, well, he does say it's Ocean's Eleven slash James Bond. Okay, so, so George Clooney. Yeah, right. I was right. Yeah, so what do you think of the story? Um, I liked it. Although I didn't like how Creed just sort of gave up. thought that was kind of wussy. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was great. I thought the art was good, except for the, I'm not overly fond of Lady Deathstrike, the way she was drawn. But I like the idea that Wolverine borrowed Stark's mask to get close to whoever. Right put the hit out on him yeah i liked it but i feel like this is a really good story if you just take it by itself and ignore everything you know about all these characters <laughs> okay for one thing what poison does Sabretooth need an antidote for he has a, a healing factor the same level as wolverine his body can beat it me i don't know i'm not even gonna try to answer yeah. that one and lady Deathstrike is dead and then she was reborn her like her consciousness into a different body who looks awesome, but it doesn't look anything like this. <laughs> and I actually prefer the redesign better. I don't the whole like oh I'm I'm taking over somebody else's body thing is was weird and very odd and it, I'm quirky but not quite well anyway, whatever. But it was in the adjectiveless X Men that Brian Wood was doing with the Dodsons. But she had like this whole thing where she had like a skull painted on her face and she was very black and white. It looked really cool. And I actually kind of preferred that. And plus also it is just isn't I don't think Wolverine would recognize the new Lady Death Strike. So so if you're saying this is her but she just cleaned up. Right. Like Wolverine immediately knows who she is. And so that part's kind of weird. Maybe they're just all Facebook friends and he's seen her transformation. I just find this is two issues in a row where we've had characters that like are old versions of the character. <laughs> oh. You know, like you can tell them this like during classic Wolverine days. Right. Instead of where the characters are now. Well, do you feel like they're trying to just pull characters out of their butts to make them all work together? No, I feel like there's probably a plan and I know that... Are I we mean, sure? Because the book got pushed back two weeks. I don't know, but, but Soul said that this was going to be a who's who of like Wolverine related characters okay we're gonna be showing up in this book so the choice of characters makes sense i'm just not sure if they're all i feel like he, he just kind of decided well i like classic lady deathstrike better so i'm gonna use that and not and just kind of ignore that story that not that many people probably read anyway right <laughs> no so i mean i don't know that's the kind of stuff that just it doesn't take away from the story too much it just bothers me just enough to kind of you're like, well, what's going on here? But anyway, I thought overall, like as far as the plot, like the twist that there's someone hunting down like people from the Weapon Plus program or, or just Weapon X or just people that had adamantium. I don't know because Lady Deathstrike's claws are stretchy adamantium. Okay. They're just they're not metal, and they're not metal looking. Right. So, yeah. Who? So whatever the exact hit list is like the idea that it's not just wolverine i thought was cool and we kind of were, were playing this up like this is wolverine's last stand right you know I, there's is, someone's got this this hard on to kill wolverine it turns out he's really not that important i mean he's, he's important right but he's just part of something it's not so everybody out to get him who do you think it is that's doing the hunting yeah I, or that's setting up the hunting I'm going to Google this guy and make sure I'm thinking of the right guy. Stall for me, baby. Stall. Um, so, I'm running a marathon. 
Still time to make donations if you're interested. Oh, here's Wolverine's mentor. I don't know. I don't. Maybe he's not in the. Uh, you know, he's not in the Wolverine miniseries. He's in the Wolverine and Kitty Pride miniseries. Okay. That makes it even cooler that Kitty Pride just showed up. Okay. I'm. I'm now you're more giddy. excited than I was he's, a second ago. He is a See, giddy I little schoolgirl in a plaid it. short skirt. So anyway, yeah, that's that's part two. <laughs> So wait, you didn't say who you thought was setting up the oh, hit. Well, if it's, if it's Ogan's the guy that, that trained Wolverine to be a samurai or a ninja or whatever. So I probably feel like he's not the top domino either. He'll probably be like the guy they fight in issue three. And he'll be like, it's not me, Logan. There's one more above me. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's think. Who's going to actually kill Wolverine? Maybe Wolverine pretend, takes himself out. Pretend like you haven't read this story, this issue yet. Before this started, I mean, who's going to kill Wolverine? Sabretooth. Yeah. Okay. So, is this all just a red herring? For? Like, is Sabretooth not even really poisoned? Oh. And just acting like he's being subservient to Viper because he was trying to figure something out for whatever reason. He's a Trojan horse. Yeah. But see, the only thing about that, though, is that that implicates that he had to know Wolverine was going to come looking for the Viper. And he had to know when he was going to show up so he could make sure he was in chains that day. (laughs) (laughs) You so know. maybe the slave boy. So, I don't know. I mean, it's common books, and those are the kinds of twists you can kind of expect. But, I don't know. We'll see. I'm still excited about the story. There are a couple of detractions from this particular issue. I'm going to give Death and Wolverine number two, four out of six claws for the art, and then some of the kind of the subplot, if you will. I will also give it four out of six. I think the art was really great. I think the story was good. I had a few issues with, like I said, how Lady Deathstrike was drawn. I am... And maybe it's just because the way you said it. I'm going to be really disappointed if in the third book, Wolverine goes to, o- what is it, Odin? Yeah, Ogin or Ogin. Ogin. And he's like, it's not me. There's one other person. Wait, that That's what's going to happen. Well, that's just going to piss me off. Because <laughs> that's not original. I'm sorry. I told you this is going to play out like a video game. It's going to be. going to be a boss for every level. <laughs> and then we'll, at the fourth issue, we'll get the big, big boss. But Wolverine's not going to win the game. You know what I have to say about that? What? Dun, 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 it's time for Savage Wolverine. That threw me. Well, he said that in, at some point, and I've had the Pro Jam song in my head ever since. I was like, where are we going with this? <laughs> so, this is written by David Morrell, with art, the triumphant return of Jonathan Marks. Triumphant. Colorist, Jose Villarubia. The letterer is VC's Corey Pettit. Woo-hoo! And then Declan Shalvey and Jordi Belair did the cover. This cover. <laughs> Did you like my little? <laughs> you can smell the, the the blossoms. Yes, it's it's bugging my allergies right now. And this cover is gorgeous. I will admit, when you uh, tossed it in my lap earlier, I was enamored 
and wanted a giant poster to hang in my office of it. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. Basically, it's just, and this is one of my favorite teams in comics right now, the Shelby Belair team. They're also uh, an item. Oh, are they? Yeah. So they work really well together in all aspects of life. But basically, it's Wolverine in a cemetery in what looks like Japan. There's uh, cherry blossoms, right? Yeah. Can we grow one of those? Will it grow here? I don't know. It wouldn't be pretty. If it does grow, can I grow one? Yeah. Can we put a little statue of Wolverine underneath it? Sure. Okay. It's like a brownish gray sky, and then just the, the colors in this are awesome. The art's awesome. It has a very, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Traditional Japan art. Yeah. Where the flowers but, are but bright. But still modern. Right. Yeah. Flowers are bright against a very muted background. Yes. I, I love it. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably going to be a nominee. I don't yeah. know if it'll win, but it'll be a nominee for the uh, Wolverine cover of the year. Yeah. So, and I uh, wish probably just quit talking about the issue there yeah (laughs) the end the end moving on (laughs) all right so anyway so this is jonathan marks so apparently wolverine annual number one which was pretty shitty (laughs) being nice has been the launch pad of sorts for both of the people the writer's gonna go on to write spider-man and the x-men hopefully better and the artist got a little gig on savage wolverine with his watercolor style i will say his art is better in this issue i thought it's a little better yeah but basically uh wolverine got bushwhacked in a canadian bar and he got stabbed with a bunch of knives that had a drug that negated his healing factor i will say right off the uh, bat well, I don't, it's hard to tell where this story fits in okay i was gonna ask you so, am i missing Cause well that, remember that savage wolverine question. doesn't have to fall in continuity right it's a continuity free book it's free from the shackles of of the current wolverine story right because we've already seen wolverine in the future where he helps like right. a wolverine boy but he's dead right. anyway yeah so i don't know if this is i don't i mean i don't know the introduction doesn't really say anything about his healing factor being gone but i will say right off the bat these first two pages i would rather that than the beginning of the paul cornell story than the microverse stuff yeah like a bunch of knives with a drug that like makes them sick yeah right, that to me we're already and they don't know what it is yeah it's already a don't explain it too much it's already a better origin of his of the loss of his healing factor and i actually kind of like this guy's bad guys yeah they're very um dark and yeah. slightly walking deadish like a little bit yeah muted tones so then wolverine is uh bleeding out through the snow in the mountains and he finds some wolves and he finds and bonds with the sickly wolf the pack had turned on him and so they bond together and they hide in the cave and the hunters find him but the the sickly wolf feeds wolverine a rabbit and then the wolf tries to protect wolverine and pays for it with his life and what's actually a pretty cool looking panel it is but it's so sad it is very sad and then this makes wolverine go berserk and he kills all the guys chops off their heads and then sends the last guy covered with blood into the middle of the wolf pack and then wolverine and the wolves destroy him and wolverine says you'd rather be an animal than a man who kills for fun or money oh yeah all right so i Here's what I think about this guy, this Jonathan Marks. Okay, lay it on me. He's not that great in detail. No. But his abstract stuff is kind of cool. He should just just forget detail and just be abstract all the time. I can see that. I like the opening page. Yeah. It's just kind of a mess. I like his the white with the, the trees. trees. That looks cool. The snicked was all right. We got a snicked. The wolves 
with the red sky and the trees look cool. Well, and I thought this panel of the one claw up and the one claw back, and he's yeah. charging. Yeah, it's not bad. And then this one I really liked. So it's, it's basically just silhouettes, a wolverine and, the, and wolf. the lone wolf like facing each other in a black, blackish background, and the wolf's a brown silhouette, wolverine's a light blue silhouette. Yeah. And that looks really cool. And then there's some more silhouette stuff like that. All looks great. There was another panel of the bad guys that I thought thought was really interesting right here there's like the guns outlined in a weird way it's right. kind of looks like the moonlight like that looks cool there's some really cool panels but then of course we have the I giant don't, i don't like this panel of it's wolverine going berserk i feel like when he gets berserk his hair gets bigger his hair turns into batman yeah. i was waiting for the line and that or, said um I'm Batman. And or Sam Keith, early 90s Wolverine, when there are lots of extreme artists. I mean, I kind of, I don't mind the idea that like it grows with his temper, because I think the guy is being kind of abstract, so he's not saying like, oh, his hair really gets bigger. He's right. just trying to be, he's show so something wild. with the image wise. So anyway, overall, I thought his art was better in this story than the last one. Still not my favorite. No. All right, well. What are you going to grade Savage Wolverine number 23? I'm going to give it four out of six. Okay, I'm going to give it three out of six. Really? Yeah. I'm higher than you? Yes. Is that possible? It is. Okay. All right, moving Moving on. Moving on. Next up, we have And the X-Men. Wolverine and the X-Men number nine, which I didn't realize was still part of the same story. Uh, No future (laughs) conclusion. This is written by Jason Latour with art by Jorge Fornes. Fornes? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Israel Silva does the colors. BC's Clayton Cowles does the letters. And then Mahmoud Azrar and Marte Garcia do the cover. I love this cover. Basically, we have Quentin Quire in a fancy suit having a little Hellfire Club birthday party. In his birthday suit. Not quite. (laughs) Watch, I didn't realize he has pink eyebrows, too, which begs the question, Hmm. are his short and curlies also hot pink? So do the curtains match the drapes? Is that what they say? Yeah, that's what they say. (laughs) But anyway, instead of a hot stripper busting out of the cake, we have a Wolverine Claws. I love that. It's pretty fun. I really like the color work. Of course, Gracia, one of my favorite colors. I love how... Quentin's birthday suit has ruffles. Yes, it's all fancy. Yeah. It's a puffy shirt from Seinfeld. And he has a... um Ascot. Yeah, but there's a name for it. It's called a Sharpay Ascot. Oh, okay. I think. Anyway. It's the, not a tie. The cake and the candles and even the walls are all various shades of pink. Quentin likes pink, doesn't he? He does. He does. So... Real men wear pink. That's right, they do. Quentin Choir is having a cosplay birthday party at the at his new Hellfire Club. And Tony Stark is undercover. He's uh, hitting on some hot Captain America and Spider-Woman cosplayers. I guess she's a Spider-Man. So why isn't he dressed up? Because he's Tony Stark. Oh. He's dressed as Tony Stark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, the bouncers are a bunch of guys dressed like Sabretooth and one guy dressed like Dazzler, who may be my favorite guy in the comic. <laughs> it did make me laugh. Because he's all super sexy Dazzler, and he's got like the super sexy 70s hairy chest. With a disco ball just planted right there in the middle. Yeah, it's pretty great. 
Anyway, I guess they thought Stark was either being too nosy or wasn't playing by the rules. But they toss him out, and Tony confirms with Wolverine that it is Quentin Quire's birthday. The Phoenix Corp is now funding the Hellfire Club, and Quentin Quire is the new White King. And Clint Eastwood stole his looks from Wolverine. Uh, that may be the other way around. <laughs> what well, is going a guy... on with Wolverine? What? What is going on with Wolverine? That's Why is he dressed like that? That's how he always dresses. No. Yeah. He dresses in wife beaters. Sometimes. And sometimes he dresses like a Canadian cowboy. Like he did way back in 1974. I don't like him as a Canadian cowboy. That's who he is. I don't like it. Okay. I like the little guy in the Punisher outfit who's holding his gun above his head in the line. Actually, <sighs> all the little cosplaying people are probably my favorite part of this issue. Yeah, I didn't understand what was going on. You know, Did I co- say... Did I miss something? On the invitation, it says cosplay required. Oh. Oops, missed that. Yeah. And there's an old 90s Cyclops as the DJ. Pretty awesome. Anyway, Wolverine uh, rips off his shirt. He has on a very Quentin Quire-esque Magneto was right t-shirt and i guess i didn't know there were a bunch of extra magneto psychic shield helmets but he has one and he puts it on or did he steal it from magneto i don't know because mystique or or, yeah mystique later says i see you got one of magneto's helmets like there's a whole bunch that all have psychic dampening powers and that's really easy to come by well magneto probably needs one for every color yeah. For every costume. So my favorite panel. Or he ran to Walmart and bought one. Yeah. There's some guys who are security and they're dressed like old school Sabretooth. And the guy goes, hey, so here's a question for you. Why aren't his teeth metal? <laughs> I love this conversation. <laughs> I do too. He says, why aren't whose teeth metal? If Wolverine's bones are metal, then why is his grill all chromed out? Like Swick Rick or Master P? Then there's a guy dressed like Maggot, but they decide it must be the real Maggot because no one would dress like Maggot. Who's Maggot? Maggot's one of the, um, he's infamously one of the least popular X-Men from the Did late 90s. Did he smell 90s. like death? No, he was a guy and he had two little, like, worms that came out of his arms that ate stuff. They were called Eeny and Meeny. It's pretty horrible. <laughs> Any and many. Yeah. So anyway, they talk about how cool it would be to take Wolverine down now that he doesn't have a Huey factor. And not just for, like, the cool factor, but they can probably sell those bones. Oh, yeah. They're made out of animantium. Yeah. I wonder how much it goes for in the black market. Quite a bit. So anyway, Wolverine goes into the party in his helmet. And I gotta say, I really love this panel of us seeing out the helmet. Yeah. I gotta say, it doesn't seem like the psychic dampening is working very well. Because you see all these little bubbles. It looks like Quentin Quire. And uh, he's making Wolverine see a bunch of people that aren't really there. Like Evan and Idy and Storm. No, Storm ends up being Mystique. So maybe all of these people were Mystique. But then why draw the little bubbles? I'm a little bit confused on what's... Maybe they're trying to show the, like, what is it? Disorientation. You think that's just part of the rave? I don't know. It's all around. It's only around his head. Mm, This isn't a... Oh, I guess it's... I don't know. Anyway, Storm is Mystique and Wolverine. We get a nice snicked. And Mystique says she's not here for choir. She just wants to see Wolverine squirm. And they talk about basically how choir forbid Wolverine from coming. So that was basically the same as sending him 
sending him an invitation. And Mystique kind of challenged him and says, well, eventually you're going to have to fight him yourself. Like, you have all these goobers trying to fight him, and you know they can't cut it. So an army of saber-toothed bouncers attack him. Uh, Wolverine, of course, takes him out. And there's a really cool panel where a guy punches Wolverine, and it goes all X-ray. I really like that panel a lot. And we see the guy's fist breaking on his adamantium jaw. Pretty great. I like the panel below it where his fingers are all like bent backwards Gnarled, and yeah. twisted. And... Then Wolverine throws the guys in the giant cake. I really like the guy in the rocket raccoon costume who's staring at the cake. Oh, is that who he's supposed to be? Yeah. Okay. I was the big bad wolf. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, all these party goers realize, oh wait, this is really Wolverine. He's getting his ass whooped. Let's take pictures and put it on social media. And then Quentin Quire freezes everything and this, he erases all their phones. This reminded me of the... Um, An X-Men the movie? Yeah, when... Yeah, when uh, Professor X freezes everybody at the airport. Yeah, and he walks through them. Cool. No, not at the airport, at the museum. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They knew it again at the airport at the end of um, the Wolverine movie. Quentin Quire deletes everyone's pictures. He talks about how rich he is, and he burns all his money. Or not all, but uh, he burns a wad of money. And uh, he basically calls Wolverine out for uh, trying to come drag him back home. But everyone around you turns to shit. I saw the future. I saw what being with you gets me. I saw how I die. Everyone around you dies. I'm not doing it. And Wolverine says, maybe you're right. But you can't run. You didn't run from the school because you were afraid of dying or afraid of us. You ran because you care. And you don't want to care or something like that. And you're terrified of losing it. You don't want to open up because it'll just go away. Quentin Quire says he's not afraid. He's not like you. And he turns everyone into X-Men. And they all fight Wolverine and basically blame him for their shitty lives. <laughs> Wolverine's like, you made your point, you win. And Quentin Quire's like, nope, I'm not Xavier, I'm not Magneto, Jean Grey, or those idiot summer brothers. I don't want to be a hero, a teammate, an X-Men. I didn't win, you lose. And then he tells Wolverine to bounce. But I like it then. It focuses in on Wolverine's shirt, says I was right. I think it's an interesting twist, even though there's ostrich Wolverine. Yes, all right, so what do you think of the art? I didn't like it. See, I kind of hated it, but kind of loved it. I didn't like it at all. There were some really bad panels, like there's a panel where we have Ostrich Wolverine for no reason at all. His head's like really, really skinny on a really, really big body. And a long neck. Yeah. See, I thought the cosplay people looked pretty fun. I didn't really like his Tony Stark. His Wolverine I was meh on, but I did enjoy his Quentin Choir. And I liked the Sabertooth Bouncer guys. They looked cartoony but in a cool way i thought i think the only part i enjoyed was the open dialogue about would wolverine have a grill oh, that's not art <laughs> no um that's no. what i'm trying to say out of everything that's uh, the only thing i see I, I thought it was a really cool panel where we see through the helmet i thought that was really interesting it was cool but now you when you brought up the bubbles now i'm confused yeah i am too i didn't really care for the way he drew a I thought there were a lot of interesting parts of the art. I I thought the art, there were parts of it that kind of drove me crazy, but there were parts of it I really liked. Eh. So we're we're apparently different on that. Uh, What do you think of the story? I think it's interesting, but it it obviously didn't hold my attention considering I read it, what, yesterday? And then when you were like, hey, let's record. Did you read it? It's like, did I read it? (laughs) How did it end? And you had to explain to me how it ended. It was like, oh yeah, I read it. So I thought the confrontation between Quentin Quire and Wolverine was kind of interesting but i feel like every book wolverine is in now it's all someone blaming him and him being like yeah you're right i may not have done the best but now i'm dying i'm gonna do better 
Well, and I love Quentin because I thought he was going somewhere. And now I'm like, he's just a brat. He's always just a brat. That's the whole point. Even at the end when he says, well, I don't win, you lose. It's like, nee, 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 nee. Like, I'm not even trying to do anything except stick it to you. I have, I have no actual proactive purpose of my own. Yeah. Which is kind of his character. So we'll see where he goes now that he's the White King. That's a stupid name. No, it's not. That's classic Hellfire Club. <sighs> You don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, overall, I thought it was a pretty good issue. I'm going to give it four out of six claws. I'm going to give it three out of six. Okay, fair enough. So, extra spoiler. Uh Uh-oh. In addition to our normal spoiler, if you don't want to know what this series is going to do, turn it off. skip ahead a little bit. So, it's confirmed this series is going to end. Which series? Wolverine and the X-Men. Oh, okay. Volume 2. Making sure we're on the same page. Yeah, I don't remember if it's issue 12 or 13 will be the last one. But then it's going to be replaced by Spider-Man and the X-Men. So Spider-Man's going to lead the X-Men? No, he's going to go teach at the Jean Grey school. Okay. Um, Basically, dying Wolverine asks one of his few real friends, Spider-Man, or one of the few friends he trusts, like implicitly, being Spider-Man, to um, go and kind of keep an eye on the school. And then also, he thinks there's something going on. There's a mystery. Not every He thinks maybe there's like a mole at the school. So and wants, what trade secrets would this mole be giving away? Oh, all kinds of stuff. The math exam for class 102. Oh, to the X-Men themselves. Oh. So anyway, so Spider-Man agrees to his dying friend's last wish and so he's gonna go teach at the school and just kind of all around be a part of the x-men kind of kind of i gotta say i know nothing about the artist so will he walk around in his spidey costume yeah so one of the things is apparently he's not going to tell them who he really is so he's going to be all spideyed out 24 7 well no just when he's at the school well isn't he going to live at the school no he's just teaching there so he like webs I guess, himself or maybe over. He is live there. I don't know. Anyway, the writer is the guy who wrote the Wolverine annual that we didn't care for. Oh, for joy. But I also found out, I didn't realize he's a writer on the uh, Daily Show. Really? Yeah. So maybe, I think maybe he just tried to be too serious in the Wolverine annual. Maybe. The only good part about that issue was some of the one liners and the sarcasm. Right. And so maybe this book will fit his style more. Uh, I hope so. I mean, Spider-Man's funny-ish, and the kids can be funny-ish. But anyway, that's going to do it for this. So that's And the X-Men. And the Sniffles. (laughs) All right, next up is X Marks the Spot. This time we have Uncanny X-Men number 26 and Amazing X-Men number 11. All right, so Uncanny X-Men number 26 is written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Chris Alka. And the cover is by Chris Piccolo and Tim Townsend. Lettering and production is by VC's Joe Caramagna. Like lasagna. So, what's on this cover? Well, we've got Cyclops going up against a bunch of, like, mutant evil alien Cyclopses. Yes, his inner demons. Yes, and they are scratching at him and trying to bite off fingers and one even looks like he's got a hand coming through his chest. My two personal favorites. So we have one that has like a venom tongue. Which Actually, one? maybe more than one, but at least one. And then we have one in the bottom left-hand corner. This alien style has a little baby cyclops head busting out of the chest. Yes. In fact, some of these actually reminded me like um, this one right here. 
um, the one right next to Cyclops's head to the left. Kind of looks like the alien head, like yeah. coming out. Um, so it's an interesting cover. It is, and what I find interesting is the printed version or the floppy is um, it's really dark, real yeah, ominous, kind of um, hard to see. Ominousing, yeah. <laughs> um, I think in this instance, I can't let that slide. <laughs> I said, That's not um, the first time you've tried to make ominous a verb. It should be, damn it. <laughs> I think this is one of the few times that I actually prefer the iPad cover. Remember, we have Professor X's last will and testament, and he wants Cyclops, Wolverine, and Rachel to go find this Matthew Malloy character who is an Omega-level mutant who Charles kind of kept mental blocks up, and he just wants the X-Men to go check on him, make sure he's eating his Cheerios. That's right. So we start off with the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier. And Maria Hill is basically saying, this is it. This is the thing I've always worried about. Some mutant wakes up and blinks and people die. Yeah, well, I think even not as necessarily specific as a mutant. She just, she shared Nick Fury's worst nightmare that somebody would just automatically have the power of a god and not know what to do with it. Right. And we find out that they have also stumbled across Matthew Malloy. So... Either I'm really dense, okay, or the art switches have really thrown me because I did not put it together. And we've had this guy in his kind of devastated wasteland, right? Kind of in a page here and a page there in the last couple issues, right? And then last issue we had the introduction proper of Matthew Malloy, uh, drawn by Chris Piccolo. And until I read this issue, I did not put it together that that was all the same person. But didn't I? I don't know. Did you? Didn't I say, hey, didn't we run across the guy who completely wiped out an entire city? And you said, yeah, that was somebody else. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Check the tapes. Yeah. uh, I think I was right. right, You're right. And I think. I think because the two artistic renditions looked so completely different. Don't blame it on the art. No, I am blaming it on the art. First of all, Chris Alka should have done this whole storyline. Nothing against Piccolo. I love Piccolo. But that random issue he did in the middle of this story was weird. I put it together. Okay. Because I think this guy looks like he's like 20. Okay? Well, yes. And, and the Chris Piccolo, Matthew Malloy, still looked like he was like 14. I didn't get that. Oh, okay. I thought he still looked really young. Anyway, they're the same kid. I think you're dense. I'm dense. <laughs> um, anyway, so then we flip over to the Jean Grey school, and Scott's having a temper tantrum. Yes, he is. He's, no, I don't want any part of this, and basically... He's not going to do the mission. And Wolverine then, says, want a bit? Yeah. Because he's seven. Yeah. Well, and basically, in a nutshell, everyone just says, man up, because if the roles were reversed, Xavier would do it for you. And we actually get a really funny line from... Well, because Storm says, I'll I'll give you the setup. Storm says, Charles Xavier's last wish was for you and Logan and Rachel to go and take care of something. And Iceman says, actually, his last wish was probably like, Scott Summers, I really wish you weren't killing me. (laughs) (laughs) I love Iceman. And I particularly love Bendis' Iceman. I, I just love his like little jabs here and there. Yeah, it's just he's a big smart ass. He's great. Yeah. And so basically Scott agrees and he goes off with everybody. Then we get Iceman's meltdown. Oh <laughs> Iceman just 
finally lets it out. Whatever he's been holding back, which hasn't been much, he just lets it go. He's like, because Kitty and Firestorm are like, oh gosh, poor Scott. You know, he's carrying this burden around with him. And Iceman's like, F it. Why do I have to be sympathetic to him? Why? Why? I mean, he just goes off. He's like, he took away a man that, you know, made me care about what I do. Professor X gave him purpose. And so basically Iceman's like, I'm angry. That's right. I'm angry. And I keep getting angrier. Well, I think some, I think he's rightfully angry at Scott. I think he's also deflecting some of his anger about what he just heard and putting it back on Scott as well. Right. And basically everyone's like, well, what do you want us to do? And he's like, I hope he dies. And they're like, uh, and what if he doesn't? What do you want us to do? And he just takes off. I slide. And he, everyone's just left staring. So then we jump over to Newberry, South Carolina. And Matthew is using his hands and the um, he's, annihilated people. Yeah, he's animating the skeletons. Uh, yeah, and he's like, how am I doing Harryhausen this? Harryhausen style. He's like, this is creepy, and he just kind of freaks out for a second. And then we flip back over to Shield. Shield Love Shield. the colors on this page. Yeah, they're just awesome. FYI, and the art. Um, and I'll talk about the colors a little more when we're done. So we go back over to the Shield helicarrier, and they've called in. These are X-Men, right? They're mutants. Uh, they're mutants. They're not X-Men. I think this is Exodus. So they, they use his real name, and I don't remember what his real name is, but he looks like Exodus. Yeah, Bennett Dupelli. I don't know. Yeah. I'm guessing. So basically, he says, you know, hey, I'm going to create a mind connection, and this guy who's with me, head, Headlock? Yeah. Is that his name? Not Professor X. Okay. He's another skinny white ball guy with telepathy, Yeah, and he's, he's not like, Professor X. This guy's going to be my anchor um, as I enter... Matthew's head so they're gonna try and dampen Matthew's powers and so this page now okay so I'm on the iPad this page in and of itself is cool it's a great page but when you do the guided view let me show you what happens when you tap so you get the panel of Matthew looking at his hands like how do I do this right and then the other half of the panel you get these two guys these two guys trying to enter establish a mind link right when you flip it, the ah, two guys It's kind of like the uh, the Infinity comics. Yeah, the two guys move over to the left-hand side of the page. And then on the right-hand side, you get Matthew where his hands are in the same position. But now he's looking up. Uh-huh. Yeah, like... What's that? He knows exactly what's going on. I don't think he does yet. But well, he, he knows, knows that something is going on. Right. And then, you know, you get what's his face and he's he's saying his name's matthew he was born a mutant and then you get this very cool panel of matthew like looking off who said that almost yeah and um oh he gets a secret charles Xavier. xavier and then all of a sudden matthew closes his eyes and and he squints and he just says don't and then the very next page he kills them both that's why maybe i think it's not exodus because i don't think they would kill him so casually well whatever he does it's gross they he breaks his neck uh his eyeballs basically melt out of his head (laughs) and it happens to both of them and maria hill says he's a mutant get me the x-men so then we see captain america hulk iron man um, yeah let's play this game name the avengers what is that um spider woman Yes. Um, Arrow. <laughs> That's DC. Hawkeye. Oh, Hawkeye. Sorry. Oops. Um, I don't... Uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. And Black Widow. Yeah. Or I was going to say Natasha. 
Yeah, that works. They're coming in and they say, X-Men, we're bringing you in. And My favorite part of this whole scene is gold balls is shooting his gold balls. And he's going, gold balls, gold balls. <laughs> I wonder if he ever gets tongue twisted and just says, go balls. Go ball, go, go gadget balls. That's right. We find out that this whole fight is a sham. It it's is not a, a sham. It's a danger room training session. It's a danger room training session. But for a while, I was sitting there going, why are they fighting each other? And we find out it's a danger well, room the uncanny X-Men are wanted. Yes. And so one of the, the guys, Christopher, Christopher starts, you know, I'm coming to like a lot. It is yeah. FYI. He kind of questions, like, why is this even programmed into the, the danger room? Right. Why are we training to fight the Avengers? I mean, the Avengers are the good guys. If we fight them, doesn't that automatically, by default, make us the bad guys? Right. And um, basically the, the creepy sisters. Yes. They argue with them. Yeah, they're like, we're revolutionaries. I like how he says mutant revolution in finger quotes when he argues back. And basically, they just go back and forth, and everyone leaves in this awkward silence. In fact, one of my favorite lines is, uh, gold, what is his name, Gold Balls? He, he says, maybe we should wait till the adults get back and talk about it then. Yeah, and um, what is this? I forget his name. But the guy who can control machines is like, dude, I'm 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the fight is really between Christopher and Celeste. Everybody else is kind of like, um, I don't really know what to say. They kind of stand around like he's got a point, but I'm not ready to say something yet. And so I feel like you're right. Like this is a fight between the two of them, but it's that awkward moment where it's like, oh, damn, I didn't think about that. Right. Like, ooh, he's got a point, but I need to sit on this for a second. Anyway, they part ways. We flip over to Beast. He's trying to find Matthew with Cerebro. Right. And basically while Wolverine, Rachel, and Cyclops are en route, a bunch of jet fighter jets fly by the Blackbird. And Maria Hill and then a says, carrier shows up. We need your help. Right. Because I know we're not really on speaking terms, but you got to help us. And I love this panel of the helicarrier just dwarfing the Blackbird. What I also love is these colors. The yes. helicarriers in these very ominous, like deep and orange and tones. And then what's interesting is, because Beast is not giving them good news, right. but this panel is so bright and airy. Yeah, that like, no, was great. Almost full of life. It's, I it's love, very... I love 90% of the colors in this book. Yeah, and basically Beast tells them, hey, this, is, um, this mutant's power is phenomenal and unbelievable the most powerful thing we've ever seen yeah and he says maybe charles was right this is the one we may not come back from all right so art loved it love the art all right so i felt like the beginning of the book because anka did all his own colors a little too red for my taste i think they were trying to set an ominous tone i agree but like, with Storm being that red with her skin, that was weird. Well, I think they were also trying to sh- set, like, this was maybe sunset. Maybe. And the Dark. panel of Cyclops, like, turning around when he's angry, like, that's an awesome panel. Yeah. But, I do like the colors when Iceman's kind of letting it go. How it's all red. It helps show, like, he's pissed. Yeah. No, it conveys an emotion. I agree. Once we go to South Carolina, from then on, I love the colors. Like, yeah. I just flat out think they're amazing. I like the details in the colors. Like, yes. on Matthew Malloy, when he says he doesn't know how he's doing this, he's got this red sort of hue around his eyes. And I just, I love how it conveys this. Like, he's, it's another level without jumping out at you that he's scared. Maybe he's been crying. 
you know, what's interesting is I think it's more subtle on the iPad than it is on your printed version. I love Anka's skeletons. Yeah, I also like how his hair drapes in front of his face, but you can still see his one red eye. Yeah, yes. It's really cool on the iPad um, guided reading view. It's just close up and his hands are right in your face. Well, most of the panels, when his, even when his eyes aren't glowing, you can still see his eye through his hair. Yeah. It's cool. So what do you think of the story? I like it a lot. Yeah, I like it a whole lot. I really liked kind of just Cyclops, like, no, I'm not going to do this. Wolverine kind of tells him he is, and Storm steps in and says, you have to, and all the all the logic. I like. I love Iceman and his kind of reaction. Yeah, everything everything just went really good. I like I liked the fight about finally one of the students kind of standing up and saying, look, I know the Avengers are, like, on our tail. Right. But instead of us being, like, prepared to fight them, shouldn't we really ask ourselves why they're on our tail you know because they are like the greatest heroes except for the (laughs) x-men but you know whatever they're they're the um marvel universe sanctioned heroes okay the x-men are outlaws but yeah i just i really enjoyed it in fact i'm gonna give uncanny x-men number 26 six out of six claws i am also gonna give it six out of six okay anything else you want to say about it before we move on no moving on all right amazing x-men number 11 world war wendigo part four five our writers are craig kyle and chris yost our penciler is carbo barbary our eagers are walden wong mark deering and juan velasco our colors are rochelle rosenberg our letters are vcs joe caramagna and our cover is by Barbary and Rosenberg. The cover is pretty sweet. It's like a giant Wendigo claw, like stomping into the ground and the X-Men kind of being scattered all around. It's a pretty nice cover. I will admit, so on the iPad, you know, it does the little like thumbnails of the covers. I'm putting a disclaimer without my glasses. Let me have this for a second. When you hold it all the way back here, does that not look like Wolverine's face? Maybe a little bit. When I saw the thumbnail. <laughs> that is a giant face. She's talking about Storm's cape. It looks like the, the cow yellow background. Or the pointy parts. On yeah, it. I can see that a little bit. Just with the thumbnail, when it was, it's only like a half inch tall. That's what it looked like. And I thought, what the heck are they doing to Wolverine's face? <laughs> so anyway, remember there was a, a village, or a city, not a village, a city. And someone killed his co-worker in a meatpacking plant. And a bunch of Canadians ate it and they turned into Wendigos. But as they run across the American border, they turn back into humans. The X-Men have gone to the spirit world to try to figure out what's going on. And all the monsters are being attacked by this one monster. And he wants to restore order to the spirit world. But he saw how Earth has interfered. And he's using the Wendigos. And he's going to take over the spirit world and Earth. It started off as a really cool story that felt like it had like an X-Files vibe. Yes. It is now completely turned into a shitty Alpha Flight story. I'm kind of over it. I did not like this issue. The only part I liked... Because well, even like the Wendigo Wolverine was just, oh, remember there's the Wendigo Wolverine? And they showed him like running around with his claws. So the art, I normally really like Barbary's art. I thought a lot of this looked subpar for him to me. Okay. Looked a little rushed maybe. I don't know. Some of the panels looked like his awesome, usual art that he really liked. But a lot of it just looked not as great. Also, the only part I really enjoyed of the story was kind of the fighting between North Star and Aurora. I was gonna say, when did they she kind turn of into used a to witch? Bo- what? When did she turn into a witch? Oh, she's always been one. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they kind of have always both been one, but now North Star is kind of. He saved a kid. He grew a heart. Well, no, he, his he's had a nice character arc because he's actually been in the comics, whereas Aurora really hasn't. 
okay. But he's kind of grown, and, you know, he's he still is arrogant. He can be a little cocky, but he's actually kind of embraced being a hero. And I, I've, I've actually really come to enjoy North Star as a character. And then I think it makes sense, though, because his, his sister has not changed at all. And so not only for her to kind of barb at him, but also to kind of... I think sometimes when two people are in the same place and one makes themselves better and the other person doesn't, the person that gets to left behind usually resents the other person. And see that. And they, they take that out by trying to remind them like, oh, who do you think you are? You're no better than me, blah, blah, blah. When really it's their own insecurity at not having grown up. <laughs> so anyway, when are you going to grade Amazing X-Men number 11? Okay, seriously, and I'm sorry, dude, but you're only getting a two out of six. I lost what was going on. I'm over the story. And when I got to the end of it, I went, huh? And I, you even asked me, you were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm rereading because I missed something. You were like, no, you didn't. <laughs> like, they just didn't write it in there. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it t- I'm going to also give it a two out of six, but I feel like I'm being generous for the few parts I actually liked. I did enjoy the banter back and forth. And I did. I love when the dad was like, my daughter's out there. And North Star like runs off and brings back the daughter. Yeah, like a second later. Yeah. yeah that part was cool. I, I enjoy North Star in this comic. Yeah. A lot. Oh, I did think it was funny. We got some Austin Powers. Yeah. When the Wendigos are crossing the border and they're all naked and everybody is covering up their private parts. Yeah, there's like an including a, Including a guy that was like uh, Captain America is about to give a blowjob to. They, they did that really awkwardly. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I love the incoming covers up one guy. North Star's yeah. head covers up another one. Yeah. Yeah, there were a few like funny ha-ha moments. Yeah, but overall, I think we're both going to give Amazing X-Men number 11, two out of six claws. I, I just don't know what happened to this story. It went from being like a cool mystery about the Wendigo just being a I don't know, a a crappy, we're in the spirit world, all these monsters, let's take it over. Yeah, I would have preferred them just to be like, oh, they ate tainted meat, let's track it back. Right, Uh, I mean, I don't know what else you could have done, I mean, there really wasn't much of a mystery. (laughs) No. But I don't know, anyway. How many parts are there to this thing? Five, there's one left. Oh, we gotta suffer through one more. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, maybe it'll be better. Positive thinking. Positive thinking. All right. Well, that is X marks the spot. All right. So real quick, we're going to talk about the uh, March to Axis. We kind of ramp up for Marvel's next big event. We're going to look at Uncanny Avengers number 24, Far From Refuge. This is written by Rick Remender, art by Salvador La Roca, colors by Dean White, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, and Paul Renault does the cover. And I gotta say, this is a really cool cover. We're in a Red Skull kind of mutant concentration camp. We have Rogue with Wolverine claws, Scarlet Witch, and Havoc busting out. And there's like a graffitied Red Skull on the wall. It's a, just a really, really striking cover. I like it quite a bit. So basically, we start off with Alex going grocery shopping from <laughs> the Uncanny Avengers. And, um... Everyone's staring, but it's not because he's in costume. It's because he's two-faced now. Remember, uh, half his face kind of got melted at the end of our Apocalypse Twin story. But someone uh, gets him. Then we go back to the Avengers Mansion. We have Scarlet Witch and Rogue and Wolverine having some dinner and some beer. And Wolverine with his nice, freshly shorn haircut, apparently. Anyway, we notice he's in his new costume, his new armor. But he's saying how glad he is that Rogue and Scarlet Witch are getting along. 
that unity has to be achieved. And it's his fault, he feels, that there was no unity in this team. That his crimes came back to haunt him and not only led to all these events, like with him killing his son and the stuff he did with X-Force, kind of all part of Remender's big opus, that not only did his actions have consequences of what happened, but it also had consequences in that what he did tore this team apart and kind of contributed to them not being unified, which got them in a big pickle. And Rogue kind of tries to stick up for him says he's being too hard on himself. He says, nah, I appreciate it, Rogue, but it's not right. All these years I've been using my claws to solve problems, letting the psychopath have his taste and rationalizing it. But I can see the damage done. Killing don't make no kind of good difference. And Rogue asks if he's done killing. And he says, right after the Red Skull, darling. <laughs> so they're going to go after the Uncanny Avengers. They're going to go after the Red Skull, just like King told Havoc. Wolverine says they're going to have a meeting first thing in the morning and they need to get some rest. But then he goes out to the Blackbird and Rogue's like, um, you need rest too, especially now with no healing factor. And Wolverine basically says, don't worry about me. I'm worried about you. And he kind of says what we talked about on the podcast, that um, he basically says that um, all those years learning to control your powers only to find yourself right back where you started. It's a heavy burden, no doubt about it. But you've climbed that hill before. You'll do it again. And Rogue says she'll try. I like hearing Wolverine being a mentor to Rogue again. It's really nice. And then Wolverine leaves. And I kind of wonder if this is his exit from this team from this book because i know he's not going to be an axis so maybe this is kind of like oh he goes off i'll see you in the morning but then he never comes back he's flying off to die maybe so that's interesting and if so this seems a nice cap to uh because wolverine's kind of in the centerpiece of a lot of remender's really big marvel story he's been doing across different books i guess mostly starting with uncanny x-force but then uncanny avengers has kind of been a different cast but a continuation of his story in uncanny x-force and then crossing over what he's doing in captain america and then all leading up to axis i guess all kind of one big story that wolverine's been a major part of if not the centerpiece until recently now it's kind of moved more towards cap and havoc but um anyway if this is his Indeed, his exit from Remender's kind of big story. I think it's a very fitting and very touching one. But Rogue comes in and the S-Men have attacked Scarlet Witch and they take Rogue and Scarlet Witch prisoner. But Rogue is visited by the lobotomized Professor X. So apparently, even though he's dead, or is he all the way dead? Hmm. And there's some psychic residue left of Professor X and he's trying to... Oh, maybe when Red Skull brought his brain back... There was a little bit of him left inside the brain. Anyway, he's trying to fight the Red Skull, but he, he knows he's losing. And the Red Skull has him in this mutant camp in Genosha with inhibitor collars. Professor X says, but that's the mutant powers. But now you have Wonder Man inside of you, our secret weapon. And so Rogue uses Wonder Man's powers to break loose and break open her collar and break loose Scarlet Witch and Havoc. And they bust out and they find Magneto, which crosses over very nicely with the last issue of Magneto's solo series. I like how the Marvel Universe is all cohesive. I really dig that. Anyway, so they break him loose. His daughter and ex-lover, Scarlet, not all the same person, that's, that's gross. Um, Scarlet Witch, his daughter, and Rogue, his ex-lover, they break him out and he's like, oh, how sweet. And they're like, we didn't come for you, we were captured and just stumbled across you, so don't, 
<laughs> don't get all warm and fuzzy. Magneto, they say they're going to leave and go get the Avengers, and Magneto says, no, we can't leave these people here, and the Avengers won't help anyway. He basically calls Rogue and Scarlet Witch traitors to the cause, and he says he's going to stay here and kill the Red Skull, and Red Skull says, well, you're welcome to try. And I got to say, what Rogue is, Red Skull looks awesomely nasty. Really like it. Anyway, he's standing there in the rain with his S-Men, and we're going to have a little fight. And Red Skull, of course, with his new powers, Professor X powers. So that would be cool. Um, Yeah, the art by LaRocca was really nice. The story was great. Wolverine was great in it. I really like where we're going. I love Remender. What can I say? I'm going to give Uncanny Avengers number 24 six out of six claws. So that's our uh, March to Axis. There you go. So, last but not least, we have our, are you calling it Wolverine Roundup or Logan Roundup? Wolverine Roundup, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> our Wolverine Roundup. We have one issue with X-23 and one issue with Sabretooth. We have all-new X-Men number 32 and Avengers Undercover number 10, the final issue. The final issue. Yeah, we sniff like between <laughs> sentences. It's impossible to edit. <laughs> Everyone needs to know that I have the sniffles. Yes. All right. <laughs> so all, now I'm going to purposely like... All new, <laughs> new X-Men number 32, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Mahmoud Azrar, colors by Marte Gracia, letters, letters by VCs Corey Fennett. Woohoo! <laughs> right. For real, Stop. <laughs> And the okay. cover is by Sarah Pacelli and Marte Gracia. And this cover is an awesome homage to Uncanny X-Men number 139, when Kenny Pride joined the X-Men officially, and also the first X-Men comic I ever had. Oh. So this is a special homage. And I pulled it up on the iPhone, if you want to look at it, Denise. It's very similar. But it's basically, it's a center circle with Miles Morales. And it says, welcome to the X-Men, Miles Morales. Hope you survive the experience. And we have like a little triptych around that. Uh, one panel, we have Angel flying with X-23. Then another panel, we have Iceman, Beast, and Kitty Pride. And then we have Marvel Girl getting attacked by some tentacles. It looks like Dr. Octopus arms. Anyway, I will say this co- cover is much more colorful than the one it's uh, paying homage to. But I like it quite a bit. I like it too. Okay. So remember the uh, all new X-Men were discovering a new mutant and she zapped them to the ultimate universe. Never Neverland. I like how each little character segment starts off with the little black and the light. Like light. the flash of light. Yeah. So young Angel ends up in ultimate savage land where he meets uh, Wolverine, ultimate Wolverine's son who gives him grief. And Angel, young Angel is like, oh, I'm losing my mind, and he flies off. Young Beast lands underwater, and I really like the panel where we see, because there's sharks swimming around him, and then we see the shark reflection in his goggles. Yeah, I like it's that It's a too. really cool panel. And the colors in this scene are awesome. They are. He comes up on shore, and there's a couple making out. He's pulling seaweed off himself. They speak a foreign language. He's like, oh, I must be in Eastern Europe somewhere. Then X-23 shows up in the middle of a football game. Go right Packers. in the middle of the field. And she tackles a guy, flips him around. They all get super pissed. Get off the field. Yeah, it must be Texas. They take the, We take our football very seriously. Um, 
And we get a double snicked as she gets uh, feels threatened. And they're like, oh, mutant. So I don't read the ultimate books, but I'm guessing they act like a mutant's a much bigger problem than... Yeah, I also find it interesting that their uniforms have Under Armour logos. I'm yeah. wondering if Under Armour got a kickback. I don't know. Or Under Armour helped pay for some of the printing. Yep. And then speaking of awesome colors, Young Iceman shows up in the Mole Man's wear with all the moloids, and these like dark muted earth tones look amazing. They're awesome. Mole Man has the moloids attack Young Iceman, and then Young Jean meets Ultimate Spider-Man, Miles Morales. And uh, they're talking, and they find out that she's in the wrong place, which I thought was really interesting. She says, I'm in the wrong time and space. Yeah. Like, I'm completely effed now. <laughs> then she reads a little bit of Miles' mind. We get a really cool double-page spread with Miles Morales, Miles Morales in the center and a bunch of scenes of his life around him. And it's in black and white, except for splashes of red. It looks really cool. It does look cool. I don't read Ultimate Spider-Man, so none of this means a thing to me. I was but it say. looks great. <laughs> well, um, is that supposed to be Wolverine? That's Wolverine's son. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. Sorry. That's no, okay. But anyway, all this is kind of kind of a brief history of Miles and the Ultimate Universe. So Gene kind of freaks out, and Miles decides, hey, wait a second. I've met a guy from your universe before. Peter Parker is still alive on your Earth. Because in, in the Ultimate Universe, Peter Parker died, and Miles Morales became the new Spider-Man. Oh. Yeah. And a lot of people like him better. Some people even think he's the, the real... There was a big clamor when they rebooted the movies. A lot of people wanted them to do Miles instead of Peter Parker. I don't know about that one. I guess it just depends on what you read. Anyway, he's like, oh, I know a place. S.H.I.E.L.D. has a place. We can use that. They have a dimension hopper thing. We can, uh, the hopper. The hopper. We're going to go use the hopper. Yeah, we can send you back home. There's no place like home. You can use the hopper in the kitchen, in the living room, and even in the hopper room. Well, at the S.H.I.E.L.D. base. Yeah. Shield. Yeah, so X-23 stole a motorcycle. She's being chased by a whole lot of cops. And she jumps off a bridge, bounces off a school bus, sticks her claws into a semi, and climbs on top. Now, I'd like to point out that while she's driving, there's bullet holes in the back of the sign. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And there's also nothing on it. Well, it could be the back of the sign, though. No, because it's on the side of the street. If you look... Yeah, you're right. So there's nothing on the sign, and there's Maybe bullet they're holes. trying to say that she's going so fast she can't read it. I think what they're trying to say is that she is in a world that is so afraid of mutants, they took all directional down. How can they do that? I don't know. We're right. going to find out. They're run by football players, baby. <laughs> all right. So anyway, Beast finds out, oh, wait, I'm not in just any European country. I'm in Latveria. I like this version of kind of the Doom bots, they're all wearing the Doom cloak. Right. Anyway, so apparently uh, all heroes are automatically killed because the citizens are like, ooh, a tourist. Oh, you're dressed like a superhero. You're going to die. Doom. You got, you're going to get doomed. You're doomed. Yep. And then so, oh, I forgot. There was a really funny part where uh, when Miles is going to take Gene to the shield base and he grabbed her like he was going to swing away with her. She's like, um, I can fly. Thanks. Get your hands off me. Yeah. 
So then they go to the base, and the anomaly between the dimensions is closed. So Dr. Cho tells Gene to get used to being stuck here. 12-year-old Dr. Cho. You know, he is a kid genius. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. So. I was like, for a doctor, I wouldn't want him doing my physical. Yeah. So I said in issue 31, that I was really excited to have Azrar doing the art for this book, but I felt like that was not the same level I was used to on Wolverine and the X-Men. Okay. And you disagreed with me, but that was my opinion. Right. He's totally back in top form on this issue. I thought the art was flipping fantastic. It was very awesome art. And, and the, the color works. Nice. Oh my goodness. The only thing I have to say about the art, and that would be, that's not just him. This whole series, I felt like, in their attempt to make Jean look young, sometimes she looks like, like a teenager, but there are times, and there are a few panels in this issue, where she doesn't look like a teenager, she looks like a little girl. Yeah. And so that's kind of my only kind of beef with the art at all. But he's not even the only person that does that. Every artist that's drawn this book has done that. You know who so. she reminds me of in this panel right here? On uh, the last page? Who? Yeah, the Gilmore girl chick. What is her name? The daughter. Oh, I don't know. But uh, so the new X-Men movie, Apocalypse? Yes. It's going to be set in the 80s. So it's going to have young characters of the first X-Men cast. Okay. And I don't Played know. Played by different actors? Well, yes, probably. And so I was going to say, I don't know how legit this is or if it's just wishful thinking on a few random people on Twitter. But one of the rumors is Emma Watson playing young Jean Grey. Don't do it, Emma. Why? I think she'd be fantastic in it. I can't stand Jean Grey. Why are you going to ruin? I thought she was actually really good in this issue. No, Emma, no, no. Let's, anyway, let's have a female That's female completely unofficial. But I will say on official comic book news sites. Make Emma Kitty Pride. Okay, we're done with that conversation. <sighs> I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Take some actress. I'm sorry I brought it up. And make her Jean Grey. Okay. <sighs> so. Can I huff louder? <sighs> no. <laughs> oh my gosh. So another, some of the comic news rumors sites are starting to address the issue of whether X-23 is going to be the new Wolverine. Remember, I've been saying that ever since they first announced his death. Yes. So you heard it here first. I'm not saying it's all of that an original of an idea. I actually think she's the most obvious choice. Yeah, actually, I think she is. But nonetheless... I'm just now seeing it kind of pop up on news sites. And I want to point out, I've been saying it for a long time. Because <laughs> you have a crush on X-22. X-23. 23, sorry. And if that's true, she may become the focal point of this podcast for a while. So We're the podcast that goes snick, snick, funk. <laughs> Is that their foot noise? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's why I put a funk. Yeah. Anyway, art was great. Colors are great. What do you think of the story? I'll follow it for now. I've got my hesitations. Just about the alternate characters or what's, what's yeah, bothering you about it's, it? Um, it may be because I don't know enough of like this whole backstory um, the, the about the universe. Ult- yeah. So I have my reservations and hesitations, but I could have done without. I would have preferred Spider-Man getting there and nothing's there. And... It just ending right there 
and that I didn't like that it ended with, well, nothing's open, so you're stuck here. I thought that was a nice little cliffhanger. I mean, obviously, I don't think that I'm going to be stuck here, but... Well, I thought, I thought a nicer cliffhanger would be, where's all the stuff? Okay, and, and they make this last page the first page of the next issue? Yeah. I, I, I can see it either way. Okay. I will say, I haven't read the ultimate, any ultimate books in a long time, right? several years. I thought this was a still a pretty enjoyable story. It was enjoyable. I feel like the idea of these mutants who have been like a, a, a team out of time and now they're also in a different alternate dimension like just adds to like their fish out of water kind of thing. You know what it reminded me of and not that I want to not that I ever want to compare a TV show to the the Marvel universe, but this kind Why? of Huh? Why not? Well, anyway, I don't want to be cliche or anything like that, okay. but this kind of reminded me of Walking Dead when the prison blew up and everyone was dispersed. So as a oh, team... Right, 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 right. Because they all, they all land in different places. Right. And so it was like, I don't know where I am. I kind of think I know where I am, but I'm not 100% sure. Right. And now and I, I have to... I don't know sur- where my friends are. Right. So not only do I have to find my way out of this place, I need to hook up with the rest of my with the rest of the team, front team right. yeah but then i have to survive in this situation and i'm not 100 percent sure what's behind the next corner and so i kind of had that walking dead feel yeah. um, from the tv show i'll also say about reading the ultimate books i didn't feel like in this issue i credit business for this i didn't really feel like you needed to know all the backstory to enjoy the story no. Like, these could have been all brand new characters and it would have had the same effect and read just as well. Well, and I will admit, while I did have a hair of confusion here and there, it wasn't enough for me to go, huh? What? Right. And not, I was still interested. Right. Like, especially when Angel, like the whole character, I didn't realize that was Wolverine's son. And when Angel flies off, I was like, okay, it wasn't yeah, that big Wolverine, of a deal to him. <laughs> yeah. Because Wolverine is already dead in this universe. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're just, we're just catching up to the ultimate universe. I do think it's interesting that this new mutant, her power is to hop dimensions. Yeah. So now, that, that can come in for some good stories later, too. Now, I'm curious if she can just, like, is it a supernatural thing where, you know, you hit a button and it pushes all the angels or all the mutants to a different dimension? and Or is it she can control herself jumping back and forth? I don't know. Because we don't, in, in this story so far, we don't know where she is. No. All right, what do you think of X-23 in this issue, since she's the reason we're reading the book, or the reason we're doing it on the podcast? I don't know why, but I love that she got stuck in football. I think because it's such an, like, her and manly men. Right. It's such a interesting combination. Yeah. And, then, you know, nice action. So. Yeah. All right, what are you going to grade all new X-Men number 32? I'm going to give it. Five out of six. Okay. I'm also going to give it five out of six claws. Definitely a lot more interested in the ultimate universe part of this than I was when I first heard about it. Okay. So, All right. Well, you can stick around and do whatever you want to do. Avengers Undercover number 10 is the last book of this series, and I don't care. Um, and when did Michael Jackson go on the cover? I don't know who's on the cover. Uh, this is Hopelessly Written by Dennis Hopeless. Art by Ty Walker. Colors by Juan Jean-Francois. Jean-Francois Bolu. I don't know. Bolu? I don't know. Whatever. Some French dude. VCs Joe Caramagna did the letters. 
and Francesco Mattina did the cover. And the cover, someone uh, taking a bite of an apple with a glowing knife. It's Michael Jackson meets once. It's not great. All right, so this story has Sabretooth in it, Sabretooth and Mystique. Remember a couple issues ago, they were recruited during Baron Von Zemo's big plan to just kind of go steal some stuff, make some money, and create a distraction. So Baron Zemo, I think I said Von Zemo a second ago. That's not correct. Baron Zemo, yeah, he's uh, he's infiltrated the S.H.I.E.L.D. infrastructure and broadcast himself to the world, talking about how he's going to bring S.H.I.E.L.D. to his knees because they're two big brother. So the one scene that Sabretooth is in, they're in London. Him and Mystique are robbing the crown jewels. And Sabretooth and Mystique both have a crown on. So I do, the only part I actually enjoyed in this story is when Baron Zemo's on the airwaves. He says, um, I can imagine what you must all be thinking. I know just how this looks. The dastardly villain seizes control of the global communication network, pops up on screens across the globe, threatening some unspeakable act of violence, holding the world hostage from afar. But rest assured, that's not what this is. There is no Death Star here, no Alderaan for me to blow up. Lord Vader, I am not. And then he goes on to say that S.H.I.E.L.D. is big brother. They're, they're policing the whole world against our wishes. It's time for us to take back our freedom, which, of course, really, he just wants to destroy S.H.I.E.L.D. He just wants it out of the way, and then he can take over the world in peace. But the young Avengers stop him, and then they go on vacation. The end. I do not like this art at all. No, I, when you were flipping through it, that was my first thought. I'm not going to say it's bad. I just don't like it. It's not my style. Um, I do like Baron Zemo a lot as a villain, so his part was interesting. I liked his little play on the villain monologue. I thought that, and there was a cool Star Wars reference. Yeah. So that part was cool. The only issue with this book I've read are the last three, because Sabretooth was in them, and his part was a lot smaller than I thought it was going to be, so that was kind of a bummer. I don't really know any of these characters except for the ones that were some of the original Young Avengers, like Hazmat, but the rest, I have no idea who they are, and I don't really care. I'm going to give Avengers Undercover number 10, one out of six claws. Ouch. I didn't like it. I like Baron Zemo, and that's it. Okay. And even then, I didn't really like the way he was drawn that much. So, okay. there you go. So, that's going to do it for our Wolverine Roundup. Yeehaw! Okay, so that's going to do it for episode 102. We had the death of Wolverine number two and a bunch of other stuff. Please leave an iTunes review if you feel so inclined. Like the Facebook page. Please. Follow us on Twitter at Snickcast. Please. Ignore the email, snickcast at yahoo.com. Totally. (laughs) And if you want to see show notes and stuff, the website is snickcast.podbean.com. And for just a little while longer. Just a little while. Yeah, we have Denise's uh, marathon. It ends October 1st. So if you've been waiting, you're going to have to get off the ball. Yeah. Anyway, that's that. I have no idea what'll be next, but something will. Eventually, they have to put out Death of Wolverine number three. At some point. At some point. It's got to come out. Nah, they're going to be like, kidding, psych. (laughs) Psych. (laughs) Gonna do the hand motion. That's right. All right. Well, with that little nugget, take care. Until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye. Bye.